Welcome to the Living Hope Church audio podcast. Join us weekly as Pastor Jeff Myers shares from God's Word. If you'd like more information about Living Hope Church of Dixon, California, please visit our website at livinghopedixon.com. All right, so we're going to finish up our Unfrozen series this morning. <laughs> Thank you. Did you text me too? Oh, somebody texted me just a second ago. All right, I have one more an- announcement. Hold on. Okay. So uh, last week we talked about Kevin and Marissa, how uh, they're going to be heading out. When, when is it? Wednesday night? You're heading out Wednesday night? Man. Okay, so they're heading to Australia for a mission trip. Uh, uh, one of them is a six-month trip. The others are like a couple-year trip um, with YWAM, Youth with a Mission. And, uh, and so last week they talked a little bit about that trip and, and, uh, and just, you know, these are our guys that we're sending out as long-term missionaries. We want to support them. There are forms back at the back on the table where you can uh, sign up to kind of uh, help them with some monthly support. Uh, definitely check that out. But today at 1 o'clock after church day, 1 o'clock at uh, 7937 John Road, J-A-H-N Road here in Dixon, uh, they're just going to have kind of a going away uh, potluck and uh, just uh, kind of spend some time with them saying goodbye. So if you'd like to, uh, you guys raise up your hand in the air like you just don't care. And, and, and uh, see them after church. They'll, they'll let you know uh, more information about that. Uh, but they'd love to just spend some time with you say goodbye to you. So um, anyway, goodbye. <laughs> so we, I would pray for you, but we prayed for you last week. So I'll just tease it. Come up here. We'll pray for you. <laughs> Come on. All right. We are proud of you guys and, and uh, just, just praying that God uh, does big things in your lives. Father, we want to lift up one more time uh, Kevin and Marissa to you and we just ask that you would just take them and use them. Um, God, use them up. Um, God, as they offer themselves to you uh, in, in full-time service over the next uh, several months, even years, God, I pray that you would um, just... Um, use them to advance your name and your kingdom. And um, God, I pray that you would grow them closer to you, um, that you would prosper their ministry, uh, that you would be their provider and their healer and everything that they need for you to be in their life as they're uh, gone. God, God, be with them. Um, just um, just be everything that they need. We love you and we love them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love you guys. All right. So now we're going to finish up our series. Um. Unfrozen, where we've been, we've been kind of dealing with this, this uh, the idea of unfrozen is we don't want to be the frozen chosen church. We want to be church on fire, church with a pulse. And, uh, and so, you know, we want to have, we, you know, there's lots of bad church stories out there. Everybody's got a bad church story, uh, a bad church experience. Um, you know, there's all, I, I, <laughs> this just popped in my head. There was a, I grew up in a pastor's family. I don't know why I'm telling this story, but I'm just going to tell it anyway. I grew up in a pastor's family and, uh, there was a period of time where my dad was between churches and he was looking for a church to pastor. And, and we went up to this little town in Western Kansas, which if, if you've never been to Western Kansas, don't waste your time. Uh, there's nothing there at all. Uh, nothing. Uh, I mean, I like, I'm okay with, you know, central and east, western, eastern Kansas, but, Western Kansas is, not, there's nothing. And so anyway, there's a little town there in Western Kansas we went to to try out for this church. And, and, uh, and I was like, I don't know, junior high at the time. But um, 
you know, you, you just meet, I don't know if you've noticed, like one of the reasons so people are so afraid to go to church sometimes is because, can we just be honest and say, like church tends to attract weird people. And, um, and so congratulations, you're it. <laughs> and so um, anyway, I mean, church a lot of times tends to attract kind of, you know, like just weird people. And, and, uh, and so we, they put us up overnight with what had to be the weirdest people in the church. And, um, and just, you know, it was just this odd thing where, you know, we were, we were all in this bedroom and uh, very thin, thin walls in this house. And we could hear the couple on the other side of the wall talking about us all night long and it wasn't all good. And, uh, you know, and there was, you know, like they fed us a meal and it was like, I can remember the lady going up to my mom and was like, uh, I got this potato salad, but I think it's bad. Will you taste it? And, um, and it just, this really weird, like not hosp- very hospitable people. Um, and so I, that's just, that's, I, trust me, that's the tip of the iceberg in my bad church stories. I, we, we've, I've had a lifetime of, uh, you know, to collect bad church stories. And, and it's, when we talk about, um, you know, kind of getting into a church, you know, it's important to get into a church that you identify with, that you connect with, that, uh, you know, you feel like you can, uh, that you can grow there and be fed there, that you, most importantly, I think that you can be used there uh, in terms of, you know, that you can contribute your gifts uh, to the work of the kingdom. And so, um, you know, the first week of the series, we talked about, you know, the, the, the title was Stop Attending Church. And the idea there was that God does not call any of us to attend church he calls us to belong to a church, to belong to church. And so we're going to kind of, I'm going to kind of hit that theme a little bit more today, that idea of belonging. It's so critical. And, and, and the, you know, we've talked about so far this year, the, the theme for this year is discipleship. I was telling somebody earlier in the week that I can't ever get anybody to show up for all my discipleship stuff. So I just started decided to start doing it on a Sunday morning. And so, um, we're, we're, you know, the theme for this year is, is discipleship and, and how we want this to be the year that we take steps closer to Christ, grow, mature in our faith, become, uh, you know, better disciples of Christ, more mature disciples of Christ. And, and so we've started, you know, we, we talked about that for several weeks, the maturing process. And then, and then now we've talked about uh, how to mature as a disciple in terms of our relationship with, with the church um, and it is so critical. I cannot say it enough that a Christian without a church, can I just be honest with you? You're not going to be a Christian very long. A Christian without a church, you're, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. Um, you don't have it within you to do faith alone. And I'm not, I'm not criticizing you. I don't have it within me to do faith alone either. None of us do. That's not the way we were built. That's not the way we were created. That God hardwired in our DNA a need for community. And, a need, and one of the ways that we persevere in the faith is through this, um, this community, this fellowship with one another, and this encouragement that we receive from one another and, uh, and, and all kinds of other aspects of that community too. But we need each other. We need each other. And so as, we, as, we, as you get plugged into a church and you start looking to belong, and what I'm hoping for, for those of you who are kind of sitting here, <clears throat> and this is, not, this is not most of you, but for some of you who are kind of sitting here and you have been 
your, your, your whole church life has been kind of, kind of standing in, at the back of the room on the outside looking in type of thing, and, you know, you don't want to get too plugged in. You just want to kind of be an attender. Uh, you don't want to, you know, really dive in because you're, uh, for whatever reason, you, you, you've been burned before by churches or you, you're, you know, you're a little bit weird about the commitment or whatever that looks like, whatever your reasons are in your life. What I'm hoping is that you begin to see the importance of not just attending church, but belonging to a church, belonging to a church. Now, um, as we do, you know, there's this thing in church life that we call church membership, church membership. Um, and it's not a term you're going to find in the Bible necessarily. Uh, and so, in fact, I, I used to struggle a little bit with the idea of, you know, is, is church membership even a biblical concept and that sort of thing. And I think that there is evidence in Scripture that leads us to believe that, again, more than just church attendance, but actually belonging to a congregation is, is important. And so one of the ways we identify those who really belong here at Living Hope are, is, is, through, is through church membership. Um, now, there's nothing magical about church membership. It's the lamest membership you're ever going to be a part of. There's no perks. You know, we're not going to discount your tithes or anything like that. Um, you, know, there's no, you know, there's no secret club or, or VIP room for members or anything like, you know, like that. It is, it is just uh, people who will step forward and say, uh, one, I want to belong, and two, you can count on me. You can count on me. That I'm in it to win it, so to speak. I'm in it. To, I'm, I'm in this thing with you. We're going forward together. You can count on me. Um, and so, when as we do membership, um, I want to talk a little bit about you know what that what that looks like and why it's so important to us uh, this morning. Why it's important to you. Um, and and so as, we're going to dive into this passage of scripture in Second uh, Timothy. So if you can turn, if you got your Bible, you can turn over there. Second Timothy chapter two. If not, it's up on the screen. And um, and so um, I, I love the, the the these epistles. Uh, I don't know if you're new to church. Uh, epistle just means letter. So you know the the apostles. <laughs> the apostles wrote epistles. The apostles wrote these letters to churches and to church leaders, and and that's what makes up a big chunk of the New Testament for us. And so. Uh, there are three of these letters, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and, and Titus, uh, that, Paul, that Paul wrote, and we refer to them as the pastoral epistles because they were written to people who were pastors over churches, and, and they, they kind of deal with uh, church leadership and church structure some, a little bit and you know, just kind of how to do church in a healthy way. And, uh, and so as we, we dive into this one, just a few verses I want to pick out. Where he's got some words for Timothy. Timothy was kind of his son in the faith, his, his mentor. He, he was Timothy's disciple maker, so to speak. And so um, as, as we look at what his, his guidance is for Timothy here, it, it kind of, I think it's it really going to shed some light on what we're talking about here this morning. And so um, at least that's the hope. So uh, 2 Timothy 2 verse 3 says this, Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It's the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Okay? So um, I want to talk, we're, we're kind of, kind of, he uses three examples here that of a, a soldier, 
uh, an athlete and a farmer, okay? So I want to kind of dive into each of those. Now, uh, who here has served in the military in any, any way, shape, or form? Anybody? Anybody? I have. Uh, some, some of you have. And, um, I, I, you know, everybody has a different military experience, just like everybody has a different church experience. I had a great military experience. I really loved my time in the Army. And um, it, was just, it was just a good time in my life, and I really enjoyed it. But I, when I went in, I, I went into the military because I was looking for something different in my life. Uh, and people, what, what I've noticed about people who go into the military, military and either, you know, end up going crazy or AWOL or flaking out or whatever, you know, they do, that if, if, if they're looking to just kind of, uh, if they're not looking for a complete change in their life, a complete and total change in their life, it's not going to work out. It's not going to work out. I mean, you've got, if you're going to go into the military, you've got to dive in, you know, head first and, and just embrace all of it. Because if you're just kind of halfway in and not really wanting to adopt everything that is, you know, the military, um, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a long road for you. It's going to be a long road for you. And so when I went into the army, I was ready for that change. I wanted to, I wanted something different. I was kind of bored with my life, kind of disillusioned with my life. I wanted something different. And I dove in and just, again, absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. Now, when we, when we talk today a lot about, um, you know, people who serve our country in the military, you know, wor- there are words that, that come up often. One of those words is uh, sacrifice. Thank, you know, how many times do you, you know, do we hear it said or do you say to people, thank you so much for your sacrifice. Thank you so much for your sacrifice. And, and, and there is that, that element, you know, where he says, um, share in suffering as a good soldier of, of, of Christ Jesus. There is an element of sacrifice, uh, not only to, in the life of a soldier, but also in the life of, of a church member, of a Christian that we are called to a life of sacrifice. Now, does anybody here like sacrifice? Anybody? Anybody? No? No? Me neither. I don't, I don't either. It, it's, really, it's really uncomfortable. I mean, they don't call it sacrifice for nothing, right? I had a professor in college that used to say, you know, the problem with living sacrifices is they, they keep jumping off the fire. And, and that's kind of us. Like, we, we let, we'll hear a sermon or be inspired by something somebody says or read a great book or whatever, and... and, and and be called, you know, hear that kind of calling to greater sacrifice in our life. And almost every one of us will, <coughs> pardon me, <coughs> will respond to that. Did somebody just say my name? Okay, I'm hearing things. All right, so uh, somebody, we will um, we'll respond to that and we'll think, um, yeah, 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 me. I, I want to I have a greater commitment. I want to sacrifice more, whatever, until it gets uncomfortable. Until it gets uncomfortable. And, you know, I was talking about how you have to kind of dive into the military to really kind of, you know, really embrace that whole experience. It, it's kind of, I've noticed it's kind of the same thing. Like I, about, I don't know, a few months ago, um, for the first time in my life, uh, our lives, Jamie and I purchased something that we've never purchased before. And that was a uh, gym membership. Anybody have a gym membership? All right. So, you know, when you go and get a gym membership, you're excited. Can I tell you, I mean, you're just excited. Very few people walk into the gym going, oh, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. No, most of us go there and we're like, no, I need to do this. I'm fired up. You know, I, w- I want to get in there. I got I to gotta get myself in shape. And, uh, and then, so I, I, I did the gym membership. I remember I went my first time and, uh, and just kind of started off easy, started off on the treadmill, you know, and, uh, and I'd never really done the treadmill before. And nobody told me that, that when you spend about 30 minutes on the treadmill, 
uh, after you get off, it still fills for the next 30 minutes like you're on the treadmill. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Where the whole room is just like doing this, and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, you know, I can't, you know, nobody told me that was going to happen. And, and, then, and then, you know, so you get in there and you start working out, and, and you, you know, which is great. I mean, everybody feels pretty good about working out um, until it's time to go back to the gym. And you remember, that's kind of hard. <laughs> It was kind of hard, and I, you know, I really, now you're having to talk yourself into going back. Now you're having to convince yourself that this is worthwhile, and this is good for me, and, but I really don't want to sweat today, and I really don't, you know, whatever, and there's a big pile of bacon in the fridge, and, and uh, you know, you just, you just, all these things that you're trying to convince yourself, and as you're, as you're trying to, you know, you, you see the value, but it's really hard to stick with the sacrifice, right? It's really hard to stick with the sacrifice. And the same thing is, is, is true in church life. That Again, we, a lot of us get really motivated early on, but it's really hard to stick with that sacrifice. And like I said earlier, one of the things that helps you stick with that sacrifice, stick with that commitment, is community, is life with one another. When you've got people in your life that love you and that care about you, um, they will lift you up. They will encourage you. We had, had, the, same, had the same experience in the, in the military. Not everybody in the military has a, has a great day. Some fact, in fact, sometimes you have really, really horrible, awful days. When you've got your brothers in the military there with you, your, your, your battle buddies, so to speak, that will be there with you to kind of encourage you and give you a slap on the back of the head if that's what you need or, or whatever, you know, to, to kind of keep you going. And, and we, need that, we need that relationship. We need that relationship. And he goes on to say about the, the soldier, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuit since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. And so as, as a good soldier and as a good, as a good you know, Christ follower, you know, as, as the analogy is going here that Paul has given us, um, he, he tells us that there's got to be, you've got to be so committed to it that you kind of leave these, what he calls civilian pursuits behind. You've got to be kind of single-minded. Now, I, d- don't mistake this, because a lot of people will read this and say, this is, this is telling us that Christians need to kind of separate themselves from the world. That's a horrible idea. Don't separate yourself from the world. You were placed in the world to be light to a dark world, and you cannot be light to a dark world if you separate yourself from it. And so, uh, but what we do is that we, uh, that instead of, uh, creating this division between there's this kind of worldly secular life and then there's my spiritual life. What we, we talked about, you know, several weeks ago is that all of life is now spiritual. You view all of life as your kingdom work. You view all of life as your mission. And we have to be a people that are mission-minded. Mission-minded. It's mission first. It's, it's Christ first in our life. And as we set out to be that type of person, and all of our life becomes about mission, from our, uh, not just church life and the way our church is banding together to reach out to our com- community, but also uh, in, you know, your work life, your school life, your, your, your community life. And I mean, you're, do, you're coaching Little League, uh, and, and you're viewing that Little League as your mission field. You're, 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 you're a part of community and civic groups and you're viewing those relationships and that networking that's going on as your mission field. You are, you're, you're a, a part of a, 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 you know, a group of employees at a job and you're viewing that workplace as your mission field. 
You're like, you, you don't know my workplace. Jesus doesn't have much room in my workplace. And I would say, um, yeah, I've been in those types of workplaces, but it just makes it an even greater mission field. And we have to be single-minded. When you start segmenting your life and when you start separating things out, and this is, you know, I like this way here and I like this way there, and instead of being singularly focused on your mission, uh, things, start going, things start going wrong. You get, you, you, little deceits begin to happen and you begin to get caught up in some of that stuff and it just, it just, it just doesn't work out. You have to be singular-minded. And what I want us to be is a church of people who will band together in a common mission. Uh, you know, I spoke last week of, of uh, you know, or maybe it was the week before, or maybe it was all of them, of my love for this church. And um, I, I do, I have great love for this church. And, and, one, and, and I don't love this church because you guys are so awesome, even though you, you, you kind of are. I love this church because of who we serve together. I love this church because we tend to stick to mission. I love this church because we are an outward-focused church trying to reach a, a community that is in desperate need of the gospel. And we, we get creative about the ways that we do that, and we, we really you know, kind of band together and do this. It's, it's so much fun serving Christ with you all. And as a church I love, it is no problem, and I don't, I'm not saying this just because I'm the pastor. I'm not saying this just because I'm the pastor. I'm going to tell you, if I was just some, you know, it, it, whoever, anybody else living in this town, living hopes the church I would choose. It's not that I think it's, you know, that, that other churches are inferior. That's not the issue at all. But for me, this is the best church. For me, this is, there are people in other churches who will say the same thing this morning about their churches because that's where God has called them to and they identify with that and it just meets their, you know, you know who they are and, and that's fine. That's the way they should feel. But for me, and hopefully for you, this is the best. This is the church for me. This is the church I can get behind, I can love. And it's an honor. We, you know, we say one of our core values around here is that uh, we give up things we love for things we love even more. We give up things we love for things that we love even more. And it's an honor to sacrifice for Christ in this church. It's an honor. It's not hard for me at all. It's not hard for me at all to, to uh, you know, put my selfish desires aside and step up and serve in greater ways here. It's not, I, I see you all doing it a lot as well. It's not hard for me to sacrifice uh, even a portion of my income and in tithing as the Bible calls us to give. It's not hard for me at all. And what I want to challenge you to do is stop being attenders and start being belongers and start being members of, of a congregation and who, who you will step up and say, you can count on me. I not only believe in the Jesus this church follows, but I believe in this church itself. I believe in, in the direction that Christ is leading this church, and you can count on me. How can I help? How can I offer whatever gifts God has given me, the Holy Spirit has blessed me with? How, how, you know, I, will, I will begin to sacrifice in terms of uh, you know, my time. I'll sacrifice in terms of my talents. I'll begin to sacrifice in terms of my treasure. I will begin a, become a tither. I'll become a giver. We need people who will step up to that kind of commitment and say, I'm in. I'm all in. I'm all in.
Now, as, as we are moving forward as a church, and, and we are, um, you know, we, we, we're starting to talk about you know, this next budget year. I don't know if you know this, but our church budget year runs from May to April. And so as we have been starting to have some conversations about what this next budget year looks, looks like, it's the scariest budget conversations I've, I've had yet. Uh, in fact, every year up until now has just been kind of cake compared to this year. And it's not that I, it's not scary in terms of, um, you know, I don't believe God's going to, you know, show up and, you know, be faithful as long as, you know, we're faithful. It's not scary that way. It's scary because there's so many unknowns. Because we're, we're on our way, hopefully soon, out of this building into a facility of our own. Um, as our church grows, uh, we have other kind of administrative and staffing you know, needs that grow along with that. Uh, there are things you know, happening and things at play here that are going to require more of us to step up than what are stepping up now. Now, if you're currently giving and tithing, uh, I just, I just want to say, first of all, thank you. Thank you for, um, for being faithful in that, for, for being faithful to God's word in that. If you have been kind of on the fence about this, and, and, and honestly, this is kind of a side issue. This is not a, a big giving message or anything. I'm just kind of hit this real fast. Um, if you've been on the fence about the, around this idea of giving, uh, maybe because you, you think, you know, God doesn't need your money, uh, or because uh, maybe you're just a little fearful about it. There's a lot of fear around giving a lot of times, like, uh, you know, how am I going to pay my bills if I start giving, and, you know, that sort of thing. Whatever your reasons are, whatever your reasons are that you've kind of been on the fence about it. The Bible very clearly in the book of Malachi says, you know, test me on this. God says, God says, it's the only thing in the Bible that God actually says, test me on this. Test me on this and see if I will not open up the blessings of heaven, pour out blessings on, from heaven on your life. See if I won't, uh, he says, I'll, I'll de- <coughs> excuse me, I'll rebuke the devourer. That thing that constantly makes your car break down and your washing machine go out and everything else and you, things, things not last as long as they should be lasting. God says, I'll rebuke the devourer. I will, I will make things last longer than they have lasted in the past. I will, I will be there. I will be faithful. If you'll be faithful, I'll be faithful. In fact, God even says, I'll be faithful even if you're not faithful. I want to challenge you to step up. Step up because it's the, it's, as a maturing Christian, it's, it's a step of maturity to step out on faith and say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you even in the area of my finances. Step up because we are a church banded together on mission together, heading in a direction together to reach this community and the world around it for Christ. And we are stronger with you than without you. Step up because you believe in what's going on around here. Step up because you believe. I think, I ask people often, you know, what brought you to Living Hope? Or, you know, how has, um, how has your experience been at Living Hope? That sort of thing. And I get, I get answers over and over and over that, that, that goes something along the line of, I didn't know church could be like this. I, I was disillusioned with church, or I had ideas about what church would be like, and I didn't know church could be like this. I didn't know that a group of people could embrace me despite all of my faults. I didn't know 
that we can be so honest about where we are in our, in our faith, in our journey of faith. I didn't know that, you know, you know that church could be so authentic. I, I believe in this church because I believe, as, as a, again, I, I, pastors all over this town would say the same thing about their church and should, but I'm going to say about ours today. I believe our church meets a need in this community that no other church is meeting. I'm, again, I'm not putting down other church. They're our brothers. They are not the enemy. They are not the competition. Um, but by, but I'm, but I'm going to say, I believe our church is meeting a need in this community that no other church is meeting. That there are a segment, there's a segment of our population here that will identify with the overall values of this church, that will identify with the overall spirit of this church, that will identify with uh, what's going on here, what's happening here in a way that they won't in, in another church. And it's the church that they need. It's the church that they need. And for us to reach an even larger audience, which that's our goal. I know some of you come in here and, you know, and, you, and you've come in from churches where you, know, you, you, you have this idea of, well, you know, that church was getting too big, so I like your church. And I'm telling you that our goal is not to stay small, not because we want a big old fat church. Our goal is to grow because that's what we were put on this earth for to reach people and to draw people in and introduce them to the life-changing relationship in Jesus Christ. If we ever become this congregation, we're like, ah, we're getting too big, we've got to kind of slow things up, shame on us, and you will find a new pastor because I will not pastor you. Shame on us if we become that church. We have to be about the mission of getting the gospel of Jesus Christ to as many people as we possibly can. And we need you to advance that mission. We need you, not just, your, not just in terms of, of your faithfulness and your giving, but also in terms of you just contributing yourself and your talents and, and you know, whatever, just contributing yourself, becoming, start belonging instead of just attending. And when we all band together and do this thing together, good things start happening. And this is, what, this, is, this is why this last year here, here at church has been so incredible because more and more people have been stepping up. More and more people have been, uh, you know, doing what God said and testing him on that faith issue of giving. And, and, and so our giving has been going up. More and more people have been saying, you know, I don't know what I can do, but I want to I help. And so they're, they're finding out what their spiritual gifts are and they're serving according to the, their giftedness. And more and more people are making that sort of thing happen. And as that happens, we grow. As that happens, we, we move forward. We, God can do more through us when more of us step up. Now, he, he also gives a couple of examples, and, and they're, they're a little bit different, where he says an athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules, and it's the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. And, and, and so he moves to this, from this idea of sacrifice to this idea of finishing well. Finishing well. That if you're going to be the athlete who gets rewarded uh, or, or crowned, as it says there, you, you've, got to, you've got to play by the rules. You've got to play by the rules. In other words, you, you can't just go out there and make up your own rules. You've got to submit to those who are in authority and who, 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 who say these are the rules. And so it, as is on all things with the Christian walk, it's, it's an act of submission too. We submit ourselves to um, tons of people. We submit ourselves to Christ. We are all in submission to somebody. 
All of us. And we should all be in submission to each other. What was it we said last week? That it's mutual submission that, that gives a church its health, its, its health. That when I'm submitted to Christ and you're submitted to Christ and you're submitted to me and I'm submitted to you, a church can grow in a healthy way. If I try to be the, the top of the pyramid and, and, and just have everybody submit to me and I'm not in submission to anybody, that is the recipe for a very unhealthy church. If you try to just show, can I just say something very plainly to you? There's a reason that some of you, and you may not have even thought about it in this terms, but if you dig deep into your heart, it's there, I promise. There's a reason that some of you have been kind of standing on the outside, not really belonging, but just attending. It's because you don't want to submit to anybody. You want to be in control. You want to be in control. And when you start belonging to a church, according to the word of God, you have to submit. You have to submit. Can I ask you just, you know, you're here this morning because I, you want to grow closer to Christ. Okay, so, so, so we've crossed that barrier. I'm, I'm not suggesting you're here for any ulterior motives than that. You're here because you need some spiritual growth in your life. You need a spiritual awakening. You need something. You want to get closer to God. And I'm going to tell you that your greatest leaps forward in your relationship with Christ will be through submission. Submitting to him first and then submitting to all of us. The Bible says to submit to your leaders, submit to each other. And when we get into these relationships where we can kind of hold each other accountable, encourage each other, admonish each other when necessary in love, church beautiful happens. Church beautiful happens. But if we have a bunch of lone rangers just kind of showing up for the show, you know, nothing, nothing ever happens with that. We may get a lot of people at the show, but they're, you know, a, a mile wide and an inch deep. If you want to experience some true growth in your faith, if you want to really see you mature as a disciple, quit putting yourself first. And start saying, God, okay, whatever you need for my life, whatever you need for my life, I'm submitting to you. Wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me to say, whatever you want me to sacrifice, I'm, I'm going to submit to you. And then get into relationships with people where you give people permission to speak into your life in encouraging ways, in hard ways when you need to hear it. Some of you are scared of that. And I'm going to tell you, this church is a beautiful, beautiful place where if you step out, and maybe for some of you it'll feel a little bit vulnerable to actually invite people into your life and not just be attending but belonging. You may feel a little bit vulnerable, but this church is a place where I've never seen anybody step up to another person and say, you lousy sinner, what do you think you're doing? But I have seen some people say, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm worried about you. 
I, I love you, and I, I see some things going on here, and, and I'm not perfect either, so I'm not, I'm not judging you. I've got my own issues to work out, but I just, I wouldn't be love if I didn't say something. How, how can I help you? And when those kind of relationships happen, you move forward in your faith. You move forward in your faith. And what's he say there about the, about the farmer? It's the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. It's, it, it's, it's hard work being a member of a church. Does anybody, you know, you've heard me say before, um, I used to say, well, I used to say all the time that, that I think the hardest thing you'll ever do in your life is to be married and stay married to the same person for your whole life. And I, I still believe that. I mean, it's, it's incredibly hard. It's incredibly hard. And I got a good wife, okay? Let me clear that up right now. I got a good one. I, I, I've added to that that, you know, equally hard or maybe second hard is just, you know, raising teenagers without killing them. That, that's, that's, that's right up there too, okay? It's hard work being in a family. Like, incredibly, it's hard. Like, is anybody here, like, in a family and you're like, it should not be this hard? Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay, that's good. Yeah, like it, there's, it, it really shouldn't. I mean, I, I, I married her because I loved her, because I thought she was cute, and, 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 and because, you know, we were whatever. Now, you know, all the reasons you marry somebody, right? I don't have to go into the whole list. I, I, we made extra people, right, in our own image. And, and, and they, they live with us, and, and we are molding them and shaping them, and doing that whole thing with them, and they so logically, you know, they should identify with us and get along with us and, you know, that sort of thing. No. It's incredibly, incredibly hard. In in the same way, I I think it's also incredibly hard sometimes to do church. Not to attend church. Attending church is easy. Like, you, you, you can go... Uh, you know, attend a church across town. You can go to a different town and attend another church. Just have a grand experience. Oh, that was great. And oh, the music sounded so good. And oh, you know, whatever. And oh, I like the way they did that. And, and uh, oh, the preacher, he was, he was funny. Or, you know, what? I mean, you can just have a grand experience attending another church. Belonging to a church is different. When you start belonging to a church, I'm just going to let you in on a little secret here for those of you who are attending and not yet belonging. You'll start belonging to this church, and it's not going to be very long before the church that you thought, man, this is great, everybody ought to come, you're going to start seeing some cracks in the facade. You're going to start seeing some things like, wow, that's a little wonky, and, and, uh, or, or whatever. And, and you know why? Because we're here and because you're here. Because we're all human. We're all human and none of us are perfect. And we do things imperfectly. But it's how we resp- respond to those imperfections I think that is important. For, for, for me, if I get imperfections about me pointed out, it's how I respond to that is important. I can either go off on a big tirade and punch you in the throat or, you know, whatever. Which, don't think I don't want to at times. <laughs> but, or, I, or, I can, or I can say, you know what? Um, Thank you. Thank you for coming to me in love. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think on that. I'm going to pray about that. And, and allow the Holy Spirit to take your words and either let them take root in my life or not and respond to it in a way that maybe God is trying to help me grow. 
You, you can, I mean, as, as, we, as you kind of dive in deeper to church life, and it starts becoming a little, again, we're, we're all human. I mean, you, you attend a church for the first time, nobody really there is human. They're just all, you know, singing faces. But when you start getting into people's lives, and little things start, you know, you start noticing people, you start noticing that, sure enough, weird people are in every church. And when you start to feel that weirdness, and when you start to feel the, um, the struggle of belonging to a congregation that, that just naturally happens, if your response is always to leave and go find another congregation, you will remain an immature Christian your entire life. You'll remain an immature Christian your entire life. What's one of our other core values? Uh, The church is not here for us. We're the church, and we're here for the world. The church is not here for us. You come into church with some sort of consumeristic mentality, like what can I get out of this church? What can this church do for me? You know, what has Living Hope done for me lately? That sort of thing. Your visit here is going to be short-lived. You dive in and you start doing family with us, it may not always be comfortable, but it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. Beauty is very rarely comfortable. There was when Molly, our, our oldest, um, she's seventeen. When she was little, uh, does anybody here have girls? Like I didn't know this. I, I didn't grow up around girls, so this was I, everything was new to me. But if you have girls in your house, little girls, does anybody have girls with sensitive heads that? that like scream when you brush their hair? Anybody? Yeah? Yeah. So Molly was one of those kids. Great kid, but a screamer when it went to brushing her hair. And she would just be in tears, where, you know, and she's got tangly hair. And, and so she, you know, we'd be just tr- trying to brush her hair, and she's just, ah, just screaming, just throwing an absolute fit. And, and we developed this phrase that we would, we would say all the time, and it did not help her at all, okay? It did not help her. We would, we would just kind of rip through that hair, and we'd go, price of beauty, price of beauty, right? <laughs> and that's what we would say. We still say it to this day with our other little girls right now, just ripping their hair out of their head going, price of beauty, price of beauty. There's, there's pain in getting to beautiful sometimes. There's pain. I'm going to tell you, when it comes to church life, it's worth it. And we not only want you to be a, a church, a, a member of this church who, who will say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in it to win it. I'm all in on this one. I will be that good soldier, that good athlete. I will, I will, I'm, I'm in this thing. You can count on me. That's not only what we want but we want you to finish well. Finish well. We want you in this faith thing for the long haul, not getting disillusioned and you know, hopping ships every couple of years, but in this thing for the long haul because when you're in it for the long haul, well, it's the same thing with a marriage. The same thing with the last, last illustration here. And you've heard me say it before, but... It's so funny to me to see like newlyweds or engaged couples uh, who are just so in love and, and, and I mean, you just talk to them and nobody in the world has ever experienced the love that they are experiencing, right? <laughs> They're so stupid, <laughs> right? 
talk to somebody who's been married 50 years, who's been married 60 years, and they'll tell you things about love that will blow your mind. Because when you're in it for the long haul, it's, it's, it's why I say about my wife all the time, she gets more beautiful to me every single year because it's like, it's like just different facets of her are revealed to me. Our love grows in ways that I never even anticipated. Never even anticipated. What I thought once was like the crazy, passionate, you know, you know, end all, be all, end all love. I look at that now and go that we were so dumb. But what we have now is real and it's deep. It's got roots. And that's what we want you to be in your faith. We don't, we don't want you to be, <laughs> I want you to be a Christian. I'm going a little long here, but I don't want you to be a Christian that is, um, the same is true when you're, when, in your relationship with Christ. The more time in, time well spent in that relationship, the deeper that relationship grows. The deeper that love for Christ grows. It always cracks me up when, when people are, um, you know, I'll hear people, and, and if this is you, I'm not bagging on you, well, maybe a little bit, but when people will say, man, I was, I was, I was on the verge of giving up, uh, ready to walk away from my faith, and then I heard that song on the radio, and man, that song saved my life. Can I tell you that <laughs> down the road, you'll look back on that and go, I, I, I don't need a song to keep me close to Christ. I don't need to, you know, little goosebumps during a worship service to keep me close to Christ. I'm close to Christ because my love for him has grown so deep, so wide over the years. That I'm in it, I'm in it for the long haul. I'm in it. Even when I don't see him, even when I don't feel him, he's proven himself enough times to me before that I know he's there and he is still faithful. And we want you to be those kind of disciples. And I believe you become those kind of disciples best in a healthy, healthy church environment. It's the best, it's the most fertile ground for you to grow in that way. So be a congregation and a member of that congregation who will say, I am in it to win it. I'm in it for the long haul. I'm in it for the long haul. You can count on me. I believe in us. I believe in, in Jesus and, and that gospel message. And I, I, I'm in it with my whole life. I'm in it. Be that type of person. So we're going we're to close in prayer here, here in just a second. But I, I want to point out one thing real fast before we close. On your, on, in your bulletin, it talks about there at the top that there's a membership class coming up. And it's just a little two-hour get-together that we have where we, where we just talk about what's important to Living Hope, what, what kind of things we believe, what our mission is, uh, what it means to, to be a more committed member of a church, that sort of thing. Um, we need more people who are in it. We need more people. And so would you just do me this favor and, and, and just, one, either check the box on your connection card and say, okay, I want to I you know, become a member, or 
just pray about that and, and just say, God, would you have me become a more committed member instead of just an attender of this church? Would you have me step up in my commitment? And um, the more of us that are locking arms together in this mission, the more of us that are doing that, the, uh, the faster we're going to move forward the kingdom here in this, this, this city. The kingdom is on the move in Dixon, if you haven't noticed. It is on the move. And I want us to be a part of that movement. And we are a part of that movement. But when we all lock arms together and we all give everything we've got, that movement be, just becomes even more beautiful. becomes even more beautiful. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And we thank you for your word. And we thank you that you call us... Um, not only individually to set us free, to save us uh, from the um, natural results of our sins. God, you, 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 you call us as a member of a, a congregation, as a, as a church, to do a great work. And so God, as a church, we offer ourselves to you one more time, and we ask that you would just lead us and guide us in the way that you want us to go. Call us to a deeper commitment, a deeper relationship, a greater sacrifice, God, myself included. God, if there's a, a greater sacrifice of my time or my talent or my treasures that you would have me offer up to you, then, then, then reveal that to me, God. I want to be in the center of your will. And God, as we move forward as a church and uh, things change in terms of just the direction we're going and things like... Um, you know, having a, a kind of home base for us to operate out of. And um, we reach out in more in different and more creative ways to this community. And we become bolder in the way that we offer the gospel. Uh, God, we want you to be on the leading edge of that and uh, for us to be following you. So lead us and lead us clearly. And where you choose not to lead us clearly, God, give us, give us faith. Give us faith. Um, just right now, before we dismiss, um, is there anybody in the room that would just slip up a hand, nobody looking around, and just say, I know I need uh, to step up my commitment, not only to Christ, but to his church. Would you just pray for me that I have the faith to do that? Is there anybody that would just slip up a hand so I could be praying for you? Yeah. I see those hands all over the room. Father, for these that, have, have, that identify in their own life the need for a stronger commitment, God, I pray that you would call them into that commitment, God, that you would just put a fire in their belly to, uh, to grow in their faith and help us be the church uh, uh, that, they, that can help them make that happen, that can help them and encourage them and see them grow. We love you. You are so good to us and your word is so good to us. And We just give you all the praise and all the glory here this morning. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.